Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. WA Real follows the oldest form of learning, that of listening to the stories of those around us, their stories and experience. Why is that? Because it was within those stories that we capture that you can find your true self and your actual own truth. Today, I have the great privilege of speaking to Chris Jackson. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bryn. It's an absolute honour and a privilege to be here, and I'm looking forward to going as deep as we possibly can. This is exciting. I'm excited. This is what we do. This is what we do. So first off, just um, because it's called WA Real, can you just give us an overview of your relationship with Western Australia? I believe you have a car here still, don't you? (laughs) I do. I do. It's parked at my uncle's house uh, who lives in Helena Valley. So uh, I'm currently... Uh, in Hobart in Tasmania after a big uh, bit of a saga but I've I've spent the 11 years living in Perth from about 2007 through to 2019 I moved over to Bali and so I've been living in Bali for the last year and I now find myself down here in Hobart um, during this uh, coronavirus period of time I found myself getting stuck here between all the madness with flights being cancelled and Bali being shut down so so I'm here for now but I've had a I've had a significant period of time of my life spent in Perth. Um, it's, it's very, very dear to my, my heart. And I've got a lot of family and friends that are all there. And I'm, I'm literally across the ocean in Bali. So, uh, yeah. What is it about Western Australia that makes it dear to your heart? Uh, it's funny. When I originally moved from Tasmania back in 2007, I originally moved to WA to follow the mining boom. So I graduated as an engineer, mechanical engineer, straight out of uni. The mining boom's kicking off. There's great money to be made. So I, I oh, yeah. oh, it, was, it was great. But a, a lot of my family, uh, they, they live in, in Perth. They're still there. And so it's like a second, it's like a second home from Tasmania to me. Yeah, it always has yeah. been. So it's a, it's a bigger version of Tasmania, <laughs> bigger country yeah. town. And, uh, and I just loved it. I loved the, the culture. I loved the ocean. I just, it was just something about the place that I always, always knew I was going to move there after Tasmania. So I'd, I'd set myself up there with an engineering career and it just all fell into place. I got relocated to Perth to work in the mining industry. And then it was, it was a bit of a, yeah, it was a bit of a dream come true to, to move into the mining she industry. Pulled, she pulled you in. It does. It, it happens. And then 11 years goes by like so quickly. And, uh, and it's, it's, um, it's been amazing. So many amazing, close, beautiful humans in Perth. It'll always be, uh, it'll always be a home for me. Always. It's only got a unique energy. Oh, it, it certainly does. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's to me coming from Tasmania, Perth is like a, it was like a big city. It was like the big smoke. Um, yeah. And, um, but it's for funny, me, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. But I mean, obviously, Melbourne and Sydney, that would be like the ultimate big smoke. But for me, Perth was like a really nice intermediate space where it's still big enough. So from someone coming from Tassie, Perth's like a big city. I remember when I first got to Perth, walking around the the Perth foreshore, you know, work, um, you know, just going to the beaches, you know, city beach. It's like, wow, my God, this is like Hollywood. This is like, (laughs) this is like Hollywood. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's even to this day, I still... I still have the contrast of Perth seeming like a really big place compared with my hometown. So for me, Perth's a big place. I know a lot of people in Perth feel like, oh, Perth's a country town. Yeah. Melbourne and Sydney, you know, Sydney, that's where all the action's happening. But for me, Perth is, is where the action was compared to where I've come from. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So um, I would probably describe your work as being more of a, a deeper conscious 
business coach or coach. How do you describe the work that you do? Yeah, I, what I do in terms of this, there's, there's the outcome and there's the process. I'll start with the outcome. What, the outcome of what I do is I help people get connected to what I call their, their soul's expression, their, yeah. their true expression of why they really here in life. Yeah. And, and what that means is actually getting clear on who are they really, who and what are they, yeah. and what's really important to them. And if they could anything that they wanted in life, that's the most, not the most magnificent in terms of grandiose or egoic, but if they could do anything that's truly authentic to them, well, what is that in their heart? And then helping them get out of their own way and tap into all of the skill, the knowledge, the wisdom that's already available inside of them to be able to be the highest expression of that within them. So that's my true passion is helping them create that result, which usually is them either starting a business or being more successful in their business or in some cases selling a business, ditching it and moving into something totally different. Uh, or in some cases yeah. that means uh, leaving a career and starting a new career. In some cases, uh, you know, whatever it is in around a relationship or their health, it's, it's, it's following their soul's calling and, and in, it looks different yeah. for different people. But, but yeah, that, that involves helping people let go of the delusions and the illusions of their mind, letting go of limiting beliefs allowing their identity to completely transform. And what comes with that is a, is a, is a new, it's a liberation. There's a level of freedom of expression that they discover within themselves that, that they knew in their heart that they had, but they just didn't know how to access. So that's the, that's the gift that I'm privileged to be able to guide people and support people to have on a daily basis, uh, which I, I just feel like I've got the best job in the world to be able to help people support them on that journey. It's interesting because there's words that you've used there. Let's, you, let's pull a few out, like soul, heart, authenticity, um, that you wouldn't normally hear from a business coach. So, and, you know, it, it, it's easy for, us to, easy for a business coach to talk about, um, you know, have a purpose and then let's align the strategic part, the strategic direction of this and, and then let's make funnels and marketing and sales and stuff like that. Yeah, you're actually taking people further, further back into themselves, almost, like I said, up to that existential identity level. Um, how, how, how would you go about, that's, because to a lot of people, that's scary shit, right? Hey, it's really scary shit. And it's like, oh, no, I just want my business coach to tell me about funnels and, and crap like that, right? Yeah. And, and how I can 10x my business and, and bank accounts and stuff like that. And so it can be very external focused. How do you get, your, how'd you get this across to clients in the first place? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because that's what I used to do. I used to have a very, like a very traditional business coaching and consulting model where it was very much all about, great, what's the profit? What's the result? What's the strategy? And I used to do that and, that, and I used to like doing that. But then eventually I started to realise that people would hit the wall. People would get there and no amount of financial success, no amount of people achieving their goals actually contributed to genuine fulfilment. It just didn't, gen yeah. generally. And so, so, yeah, the question of, how, you know, how do you help people get there? It's like, well... The, the, reason why, the reason why it's important to actually help people get there is because if someone doesn't really know who they really are, then you're building on shaky ground. 
you're, you're building on on sand. You're yeah. not building on foundations. So, so I have these conversations on a daily basis with a lot of business owners who I ask them why they're doing what they're doing, and they don't they don't really know why. <laughs> it's habit. Yeah. It's conditioning. And it's because everybody else is doing it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everyone else is doing it. Why are you doing it? Well, everyone else is doing it. And and so that that is the the core of what I do. And, and that's the most important thing for anyone, I believe, to ask themselves is if you don't know who and what you are, then how could you possibly have any level of certainty or confidence about the degree of alignment or resonance with what you're truly creating because you haven't really questioned it or tested it so yeah I, I go pretty deep with my clients because i've i've done the opposite where i've just gone i've helped someone get the result without asking why and it's climbing a ladder leaning up against the wrong wall that that's that's really what it's doing and so i'm not in the business of doing that anymore i've done that and uh my soul is in this journey to help people towards authentic success towards true aligned success not just something that's perpetuating a habit or a decision that their ego made many many decades ago or years ago i'm not in that game i'm in the game of helping someone awaken to their true nature and help them to be the highest expression so that's that's what i get really pumped about yeah so you use the word soul there what does soul mean for chris soul for me means my the highest energetic expression of me so behind the this matrix i i'm talking about there is a an expression there's some sort of energetic expression that is connecting to consciousness and so it's like a uh, it's like an avatar it's like there's there's my soul which is barracking behind the scenes saying go chris let's let's do this let's express that so it's got its own uh, it's got its own journey going on and i'm I'm representing it in this physical yeah. form and I'm beaming my consciousness back through it. And it's beaming that consciousness back to it's, it's like the droplet yeah. in a sea of consciousness. So it's all contributing back towards this ocean of consciousness of which my soul is a, is a conduit of channeling that information, that consciousness. And then I'm avatar. I'm, I'm Chris who's playing out this role, who's having his own challenges, his own struggles in his own story which is I'm a multidimensional being existing across a whole lot of different lifetimes and it's all feeding back to the same source. But I'm experiencing life as Chris right now, which is my greatest ever love story. And, and my soul is barracking behind the scenes, just lapping it all up and watching this amazing movie unfold. Superb. So, you know, that, I'm loving that. And this is the sort of conversation that I sort of pull people into um, more and more and more through what I do with WA Real and just who I am. Um, What are some of the barriers that you see in people to actually even engage with that level of being, existence, thinking and feeling? Because, you know, somebody could listen to that and almost go, fucking out you know stick a stick across around his neck and put a black robe on him and he's he's preaching at the front of the church <laughs> and, and that has a whole lot of stigma around it so what are some of the barriers you see when you know because this is i've always said that it's incumbent upon every individual to consider who they are for at least 20 minutes a day right and i've long felt that long before the podcast 
But uh, trying to get that across to people is like, oh, you're just going down the woo hole, down the rabbit hole. What are some of the barriers that you see there from people getting into this stuff? Yeah, well, I think what we're up against here with this conversation is people are living in a, a paradigm where they don't really see value in it. I think that's the, I think that's really the starting point is people have never really seen value in it because most people are limited in their understanding about reality. They're limited in their understanding about psychology and true spirituality, not, not the spirituality that we get taught in religion, but a true spirituality, which is the essence of this human experience is a spiritual experience in an, in its true nature. And so unfortunately there's a lot of contamination that goes on inside people's mind where they, they mistake the contemplation of what the true self is and who we really are as some kind of woo woo fanciful ideology that has no relevance or no value. So, so straight away, people are living in a world where they feel like, Oh, well, that's a, that's just a meaningless pursuit. Why would you ask that? You're just going to chase your tail. Um, And some people do. Some people are misguided in their contemplation of themselves and they can get themselves caught up and tied up in knots. But when we have a true paradigm for the exploration of the self, it's a beautifully liberating and empowering evolution and awakening. And it, mm. it's, it's, it's a loving, expansive expression rather than this futile rumination. All right. So, so that, I think yeah, that's rather, some navel gazing exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of misunderstandings that people bring to this contemplation in the first place. So, so they're not even asking that, that they don't even, they're not even considering the question of who am I and what am I from a place that's even going to lead them towards a, a meaningful discovery because of the misunderstandings and because of the false paradigm through which they're asking the question from. So they're, they're caught up in a misunderstanding in the first place, which means they'll never get to truth in the first place. They'll literally, it's like a, a carnival of mirrors where they're looking into a mirror and another mirror. And so they're yeah. never going to get anywhere because they haven't corrected some fairly fundamental misunderstandings about reality. So, so that's, I mean, I know that's a big answer and it, 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 we can take it deeper, but, but that's the starting point is people don't know what they don't know. Mm. And I find that, um, you know, we, 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 we're born, we go out, we start to explore the world and we go out and we go out and we go out. And, and our, our attention is, is always outside and our senses are there. We're using and in our senses that focus out to the outside world. And this is just bringing it back in, you know, as we as creators, you know, how, how are we going about creating this reality? And, and I think to, to, to get that point across that we are actually fundamentally co-creating what's going on around us and then and then put that across to somebody and it's just like you gotta be kidding life's just happening at me and to me <laughs> mm. yeah and then and that's if someone's living in that paradigm then they will live their life as if it's true yeah, yeah that, that's that's the nature of belief you know that's that's what that's what the uh, that's what our civilization used to believe they used to believe the earth was flat you know, so yeah. if they, they lived in that paradigm and, and they then lived or suffered the consequences of believing and buying into that. And, and by the same token, everyone in life will, will literally buy into their own beliefs and they will then carry out living, then creating results in their life as if whatever they believe is true. So, so yeah, people, if someone believes that life happens to them, if they believe that they have no 
absolutely no influence whatsoever in their life and they just believe that they are a victim or they're disempowered or you know that that's just the way the life is well they probably will never ask deeper questions to become empowered to realize that maybe the opposite's true so mm. so yeah that's, unless i find unless the it's almost like um sometimes i find and i don't know if you notice this and i'd be interested in your view sometimes we're given as as um points of awareness they're here to explore and expand and 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 go and learn stuff. We're almost given the free will to go and explore stuff. But if we sit still and absolutely don't, then it's almost like a wave will come up behind you and force you off to go and do that. And and that's when all of a sudden, you know, you can find that um, after a nice stable relationship and a nice stable career after 15, 20 years, all of a sudden the wife's left you and you've been sacked from a job and you're sitting there going, what the fuck's happened? <laughs> and it's like, cosmically, it all makes sense. Cause it's like, you were getting way too comfortable sitting there. And, and we put you here as a node of awareness to go and learn and explore shit, not to just sit and do nothing. A hundred percent, hundred percent. We will, we will get the wake up call from life. As soon as we stop growing, and expanding and challenging ourselves by our own choice, life will generally tend to give us a bit of a nudge and say, well, here you go. You, you have, you've kind of taken your foot off the pedal a little bit. I'm going to remind you about, you know, this whole idea of growth and expansion and learning and awareness. So, so and that's, I know that's happened to you uh, in previous relationships. It's happened to me as well. You know, I went through a relationship breakdown when I was traveling in South America. And um, I got a huge wake-up call, massive wake-up call. I was completely um, passive-aggressive, completely non-self-aware, arrogant, and innocently so, but just completely delusional about my lack of self-awareness and my and the impact of my me and my relationships. So, so yeah, that relationship came crashing down, and then what ensued, or what? What I was gifted with after that was a massive wake-up call and a massive awakening for getting into personal development and, and asking these deeper questions and challenge. I was in, in an engineering job at the time and that caused me to really question, what the hell am I doing in a job that I really don't care about? And so beautiful awakening that, that, that happened and that occurred because of that little nudge that, that life gave me, yeah. which is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I think um, that it's in those... Um, stories of an underlying process the way you, the, you know the true meaning of the word awakening starts to come about so it's like oh I was asleep in this I mean I, I like to refer to it as I was in a little game of hide and seek with myself <laughs> but seeing where I'm going and then all of a sudden oh the game's that game's over because the bigger me has come and found me <laughs> oh, I love that that indeed that's precisely what happened was it was almost like, yeah, I'd fallen asleep and, uh, and I was gifted with this opportunity to wake up from the nightmare. Like it, it really was a nightmare, but I had no idea I was even in a nightmare until the wake up. And it's like, wow, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so out of the clients that come to see you, how many of them are sort of doing it consciously and how many of them have had that big life slap that tells you to come in secret? <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's always a bit of both, you see. There's always pain mixed with pleasure. Um, you know, there's, 
there's always a bit of both. And, and I, I, one of my mentors, Vishen Likiani, he, he talks about this is the two concepts. One's called um, Kensho and Satori. Satori meaning growth via uh, insight and uh, Kensho meaning growth via pain and absolute suffering. And so there's these two concepts, which is, yeah, yeah you can grow in a, in, a, in a comfortable, proactive sense, or you can wait for life to slap you around. You, you can pick one of the two. The clients that I tend to work with, it's usually a bit of both, but it's mostly the clients that are initiating their own transformation. It's clients that are usually on, they're already on the wave and they're, they're wanting to surf the wave better, faster. So it's usually tends to be people that are more forward thinking, but every now and then, yeah, I get people that are in, chaos and they're, they're you know they're, mm. they've had their slap and they're, they're in a lot of pain it, it, both i um through the podcast I, I i like to listen to people's stories and then i don't, I don't know whether it's because of the way i'm wired um you know i can go through like 10 20 episodes and then all of a sudden i sit back one night and think oh i can start to see a little pattern here that's underneath you know almost like and, and I'm firmly of the of, of the of the knowing, really, rather than the believing nowadays. I've sort of, you know, demonstrated it to myself by doing the podcast that there is almost like this process that runs underneath. That's an evolutionary process, and then on top of it, we have these subjective experiences. In the work that you do, have you have you noticed any key parts of the process on the way into a greater understanding of people's identity that you can share? Yeah. Oh, look, there's so much to it. I guess to begin with, I would say most people's experience of life and the results that they create, uh, it's like the metaphor of uh, what people experience uh, in the moment is like the crest of a wave. It's literally like a wave that's crashing, that's tumbling, that's doing its own thing. But the, the cause of that is far deeper below the ocean. It's a far deeper, more cosmic, geological uh, natural process that's going on underneath and then the consequence that people are left with is the the thought or the emotion or the experience or the the relationship breakdown that's the that's the consequence as a result of some, a far deeper structure and the the key thing here that people need to get to in order to you know transform their life or be empowered to understand where all this experience is even coming from is is understanding the self. It's actually understanding that there is a iceberg all the way that goes nine tenths of the way below the ocean above the, the tip. And, and that's the, that's where we're going with this conversation is, is what you're left with in your surface level experience of your life. That's the, the tip of the iceberg. And if you actually want to have a hope of influencing what you're wanting to create in your life, you've got to go below the iceberg. You've got to dig deep, into the coding of the mind, into the understanding, the architecture of the mind. A, a true understanding of the self is what's truly required for someone to be empowered because otherwise they're just, it's like they're, they're sitting in front of a TV and they're watching the movie and they've forgotten that they've pushed play and they're stuck in, on the couch and they're stuck transfixed watching the movie and they don't even know that they pushed play and they don't even know actually that they're actors and that actually beyond all of that's a Hollywood set beyond all of that, they don't even, yeah. they've forgotten that they are pixels of light on a screen reflecting off a screen. They've gotten, they're bored into this idea. So that's what's going on for most people. And yeah, forget about the button, forget about all of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, they, they put that movie on so long ago, they forgot that they were the ones that pushed play. And now they're, they're strapped in for the ride and they're, they're, they're stuck watching this horror movie, not even knowing that it's a movie. It's almost like they feel like they're actors in the movie, that they're actually part of the, mil- part of the film. And they're afraid, they're, like they're brought right into that illusion. You must get some big, oh, fuck moments then with people. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's, that's bigger that's, than I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's that's what I do is I help people pretty much collapse their whole entire perception of their reality, mm. and so there is there is an ego death um, that takes place with every client that I work with. Every client that works with me, they they're going to go through a lot of uncomfortable experiences as they start to realize into the darkness, into the abyss, into the other. Yeah, because I'm, I'm taking them there because that's the, that's the place where we have to go in order to, in order to build, uh, I guess the metaphor is everyone's wanting to build a, a, their dream home or they're wanting to build a skyscraper. But if you're building that on, on, on rotten foundations, on cracked foundations, well, yeah, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. So, so that's my, my role is to challenge someone to help them strip away the misunderstandings of their identity to help them challenge that and to help them realize who they truly are. And then now we've got the foundation to build upon. But prior to that, we're, we're spinning the wheels. We're, we're pointing in the wrong direction. So that's, the, that's what I do is I deliberately confront people to, to get confronted by that very thing, by what actually are you? Who are you? Who are you really? And uh, it's a beautiful process. Admittedly, sometimes it's not comfortable, but it's, that's true awakening and true liberation and true self-expression is when all of that comes collapsing, crumbling down, and then you can rebuild on solid foundations, on architected design foundations, not just the ones that you've inherited from, from your upbringing. Mm. Um, I'm going to use my own words here. Um, it must have taken some balls to go out in the world at the start and say, this is what I'm going to do, particularly having left the engineering job. Um, because like we were introduced and spoke the other day and I started to listen to what you do and I suddenly thought, fucking hell, this is what I'm doing with a variety of other clients in different areas. And I just thought I was asking difficult questions and da 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 But um, to actually go out into the world and present yourself as this is what I'm doing, I've been doing mine by default or accident. And when did you, was there a moment when you suddenly thought, this, this is it, this is what I've got to go and do? Oh what yeah, happen by stages. Oh look, it, and it, there there were a few stages. I'll give you the key stages. I mean, the first the first phase was when my relationship broke down in South America. That was my big wake up call. From yeah. there, I started wake up, Chris. There, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> slap you around, wake up, Chris. Uh, I got back to Perth, and uh, I went back to work in my mining job after a six month sabbatical around South America. So I'm back in engineering. And I know that the writing's on the wall. I know I've got to find something else to do. And I've yeah. known for decades. In fact, I knew from the very first day I studied engineering, I knew that it wasn't for me, but I did where, it. Where start. was that knowing? Where, where did that knowing exist in you? Just Because <laughs> I'd love you to share that with the listeners. Yeah, well, I, I, I knew it in my heart and I knew it on the first day of my engineering degree because the lecturer told me, you're only ever going to use 5% of what you learn here when you get out in the real world. And I was like, what? You, you, you're kidding. I mean, you're telling me I'm about to study a four-year engineering degree and I'm never even going to use any of this, really? And, yeah. and that, I, I was disenchanted from the beginning. I thought, this is ridiculous. And I, and I, I, I used my ego 
to fuel myself to study a degree that I didn't even want to study, to get a job that I didn't even want to work in, to then go through 11, was close to, what was it? I spent four years in a degree, then another nine years working. So what's that? That's 13 years in that industry. Knowing in my heart, I really had no interest in this, like, like genuinely no interest. I have interest in earning money and supporting myself and feeling financial security, but I don't, I don't give a shit about engineering. I really don't. <laughs> and, uh, and I really didn't. And then I wondered why it was always difficult waking up on a Monday morning, going to work. I wondered why I celebrated when I got to a Friday afternoon when it came to beer time. I, I wondered why yeah. the weekend was so precious and so scarce and then the rest of my week was so shit, right? And, yeah. and then I realised it afterwards. Only afterwards I realised I'm in the wrong game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm following something that my soul has absolutely no interest in, like really doesn't want to bar off. And, um, and I know that might be a bit of a stretch for some people to think, you know, how, well, uh, you know, how, how do you know what, what was really there for you? And, and, I, and I actually do look back on my journey and I see that as, as, a, as all of it was a blessing. Every, every single minute of that, that engineering journey, when I knew I was out of alignment, that, that, got, like, that gives me so much gratitude now to have spent so long doing something that I knew was way out of alignment that drives my passion. That gives me such a deep contrast to not only love what I do now, but also be so passionate about helping other people discover the same thing. So that was, a, that was a negative imprint in my life that, that just gives me so much inspiration. So like I, I, could, I could talk on this subject and I could share on this subject eternally for days on end and yeah, never get exhausted because I care so much about helping people realise for themselves that they can wake up and not have to go down spending 40 years of their life working in a career that they don't like to someday retire to then finally start living their life and living their, their purpose. So, so, so yeah. That, so that they were the two key things at the start. And then what about actually going out into the world? Well, going into the world, I then, I actually started studying personal development. I started studying a lot of, I guess you would say leadership, personal development, taking a lot of courses and I eventually stumbled across coaching. And, and what I mean by coaching is a Facebook ad popped up. Would you ever consider it's like, it's basically become a life, you know, want to become a life coach. You know, Facebook has the habit of just sending you stuff that somehow you're interested in. And I was like, Hmm, there could be something to that. So I jumped on a call with the guy on the ad. And before we know it, a week later, I was enrolled in a life coaching course. Um, and then I, I went to the first three days of my life coaching course. And on the third day, I knew it. I knew in my heart, I knew that I discovered it. This is what I'm here for. This is it. This is the thing that I've been looking for my whole life, which is a career that I had didn't even know where it was going to lead me to. All I knew was this skill set, this conversation about human behavior and consciousness and personal development and people being empowered to actually choose the life they want. I didn't know where I was going to go, but that I knew I've got to follow this. So I kept following it, kept studying it. I was doing pro bono coaching, coaching people for free. I was coaching anyone I could get my hands on to share this knowledge with, to refine my skills. And then eventually I found someone who would actually pay me for it. <laughs> so yeah. so I, was, I did probably about 100 hours of coaching for free before eventually I, I had the confidence or belief to actually charge money for it. And then I eventually found a client who would pay me money for it. I was like, you beauty, I can actually earn money from this. And then that's when the whole thing shifted. That's when about, that's when about probably two months later, 
I, I went into my engineering uh, job to renegotiate my contract. My boss wasn't there that day. Uh, so I thought, oh, never mind. I'll go home and come back the next day. On the drive home, I decided I'm going to end my engineering career. I'm, I just decided in that moment, I realized if I can get one client, I can, I can get 20, I can get a hundred, I can get a thousand. And so in that moment, I decided that's it. Engineering career done. I turned my back on a whole 13 year career and had no idea where it was going to go, but I knew in my heart, I, I knew at the deepest level inside of me, all of my intuition was saying, yep, this is, this is where you're at. And then it's been a crazy journey ever since ups and downs and, moments of chaos and fearing of like a lot of fear of failure and going through financial chaos and needing to sell a home and, and all this kind of stuff in order to bankroll my journey. But uh, it's all been the most, it's been the greatest love story ever. And, uh, and so oh, there's been so much that happened, so many beautiful experiences. And it's now, it's now what, 2020. I started that coaching uh, training back in 2015 so it's been just under five years and I've managed to completely transition. I've managed to more than replace what I used to earn in engineering. I'm now working, doing what I love. And I wake up every day just buzzing on life, just absolutely blissed out, knowing that I'm the one. I'm, like, what did I do to get, be so fortunate? Like, what, what, did I, was there a past life that, that I get now rewarded? I get to live my dream. That's the level yeah. of bliss and gratitude that I get to you live. You did some with. serious walking through the shit to get this one. <laughs> oh, totally. But it's, Jesus, it's, oh, it, it's, been a, it's been a tough gig, I tell you. It's been tough. Like, like, creating an engineering career is one thing, but leaving that to create my own business, that's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. The most challenging, the most scary. Phew, to talk about having to figure shit out and figure it out quickly and, and baptism of fire. I tell you that what a journey. Awesome. Awesome. If we go um, just a bit broader out of your story and out of that of the clients, you talked earlier on about, was it Kenso and Satori and Kenso being the coming out of the pain. How much of that do you see at the moment with this bigger, broader, environment that we seem to be walking in this disrupted coronavirus oh I, I love this what what's actually happening at a broader level is people are being confronted with their life's biggest fears people are like i mean the ultimate fear is the fear of annihilation yes i mean that that's the ultimate fear of a human is the fear of death the fear of annihilation but even the more subtler version of that is uh, is people's uh, sense of self dying, not just physical death, but their actual sense of self dying. So we're talking about ego death. We're talking about the annihilation of their own identity. And so what's happening here is people are being confronted with the death of their, their apparent self, whether it be their business might be going bankrupt or the career might be literally uh, being completely eradicated. You know, you look at companies like Airbnb and Uber and these sorts of companies that have been, that are coming in and radicalizing the earth. Um, as well as now, we've obviously got lockdowns, we've got governments making all sorts of crazy decisions and there's, there's just chaos. And there's a lot of, there's, there's so much uncertainty that what's being brought up in people is their biggest fears. And so when people talk about how you're feeling, oh, I'm stressed or I'm anxious, that's what fear is. 
fear is stress and anxiousness. It is they're afraid. You know, that, that's the you know, fear is the, uh, sorry, stress is the achiever's word for being afraid. Um, and so that's what everyone right now, including myself, has been confronted with at a deeper level is, geez, what if this whole economy just goes tits up? What if my business goes bankrupt? What if, what if World War Three kicks off? What, like, what, what if, what if, what if? And all of a sudden, pe- this is going on in people's mind, which is all an imagination. It's a use of the imagination, albeit an un- unresourceful use of the imagination, but it's still going on. And so what's actually going on for people is they're being confronted by their life's biggest fears and they're being confronted with asking some deeper soul-searching questions, which are, mm. gee, what is my life really about? What do I really want to create? What am I creating? And how much of my life is actually in alignment? How much of my life, if this was to all go tits up, how much of this amazing opportunity did I make the most of? Because these are the golden years, right? These have been the golden years. And now there's, there's this threat. There's this invisible threat, whether you want to call it changes to intergovernment legislation or viruses or um, artificial intelligence or the next know the next third world war whatever threat we want to consider people are now being confronted more than ever with their own insecurities and their own sense of self and so so yeah people are being confronted by their limiting beliefs by their aspirations they are being confronted and that's what's going on which i like (laughs) i like it and and the reason why i like it is because i think it's an opportunity for people um to actually expand. It, it's, it is one of these wake up calls, which is if people aren't going to initiate their own awakening, if people aren't going to be the catalyst for their own growth, well, life's going to do it for them. Like I said earlier on, the wave is going to come in. It's coming. Come oh, it, it's coming. Where the, and you can come and it's here. To, <laughs> it's here. And, and you can either choose to initiate that and you can either choose to hop on the, hop on the wave and, and surf it in, uh, or you can choose to get barreled by it. And, and choose to fight against it. So, so that's what. Either way, on. we're all going to the beach. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all we're all going into shore. That's for sure. You can either do it in a in a in a graceful way, or you can do it in a state of chaos. <laughs> yeah. And um, what do you think? So, continuing that analogy, what do you think's on the beach waiting for us? Well, I I, I think it's actually enlightenment. I, I think it's actually harmony. I like to think that the place where this is all leading is through the adversity, through the chaos, there is a higher order structure that's awaiting. There, 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 there just is. The, the evolutionary process only works one way. It, it, it's like consciousness, just, it just rises. Consciousness and life just has a way of evolving to keep enhancing itself. So you've only got to look at history. You've only got to look at the anatomy of, of animals and humans to see it's an exponentially it's an exponentially increasing process and so this is also going to be doing the same it'll either wipe us out completely which will basically level it off or it will force a higher order for intelligence a higher order of of civilization so that's what's that's what i think is going on love it love it i think for me at the moment i keep seeing more and more of um through through 
media-based fear and interesting decisions made by governments and impacts on economy and subservience to economy and, and things like that. I started to look around and think, just how much more shit are we going to take until we actually step into our own sovereignty? And that, that for me has been really deep, as in how deep do you want to go with this sovereignty? As in, you know, just how deep do you want to go? And for me, it's, it's gone super, super deep. I mean, I'm happy to share some of the questions I've asked myself, but um, it, it, it starts with the whole thing of looking around and instead of getting, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, I listen to the government narrative and then I listen to all the conspiracy theory stuff. And, uh, and I hate calling it conspiracy theory because, you know, that's a term coined by the CIA after people wanted to ask a bigger question about JFK's assassination. So if we'll say alternative views and, and you can, and, and, and they're both as bad as one another. They can be really as bad as one another, you know, because all of a sudden you've got staunch pro-government do what it told, staunch, no, I won't do any of it, I'm all sold as here. And yet it's kind of like, how much shit are we actually going to continue to take? You know, how much mm. subservience are we going to take? And, and it's probably a bigger, grander scale of those limiting beliefs that you've just talked about. Oh, yeah. You, you, you're spot on, Brennan. I think a key word you just shared there that really resonates with me is sovereignty, which is our ability to actually express our own free will, our own, and stand up for our rights, to take responsibility for the contents of our own consciousness, uh, and to 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 actually take responsibility for to to recognise the fear that we have and the the I guess you might call it any of the gaps in our integrity or the gaps of where our actions don't match our intentions. And yeah, and yeah this this is very very real. These people are going to be confronted with yeah. Well, what do you, like if the government is full of shit, if the government's making incompetent decisions, well. Are you just going to sit there and cop it? Or are you going to stand up and you're going to march on the streets and you're going to get out there protesting with the, the tin foil hat wearing conspiracy theorists? Like here's where the challenge is going to lie because, because there is, I mean, there are two sides to every story. And in fact, there's an infinite number of sides to every story, but I think fundamentally, yeah. whether you, whether you want to call it conspiracy, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I think the word conspiracy theory devalues what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about free thinking. We're talking about, we're talking about the, the right. We're talking about the right to freedom of speech. We're talking about the right mm. to freedom of ex, ex, like it, just exploring truth, and and, yeah. the, and the fundamental My sovereignty to explore. Yeah, it's it's sovereignty to explore without any attachment to. Well, I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to explore it to take it as far as I can, and I don't need to be right. I'm just going to ask question after question and I'm going to, of course, I'm going to form beliefs on whatever I discover, you know, discover evidence about that. It'll tend to weigh on your beliefs. If you discover more of that, if you study more of this, it's going to, it's going to determine your beliefs on this side. So for me, it's been about letting go of my attachment to even what's actually true, but which frees me up to explore the truth to a greater degree, because I'm not worried about whether I've got it right or not. I'm just going to yeah. keep, keep exploring and also be willing to be proven wrong. Like I'm okay with, I'm okay with, with me presenting yeah. some information. Like for example, you know, I, I tend to, I hope it's okay with me sharing, but I, I tend to think that 
a lot of what's going on right now with the coronavirus, I, I just tend to think it's a massive beat up. I just think it, the whole thing's been blown out of proportion. And I think the whole thing has just been way overcooked. I think the government's overreacted. I just, I don't believe a lot of, I think there's a lot of lies. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings. Now I'm happy to be proven wrong about all that. hundred percent. Happy to be proven wrong, right? Totally. However, I don't, I don't need to be right or wrong. I'm just asking, we've got to keep asking questions. We have to keep challenging everything. Yeah. And it's not done with blame or maliciousness. It's done with curiosity. It's done with love. Yeah. And it's done with yeah. saying, hey, if I'm going to stand up for the greatest good of humanity, my job is to remain curious and expansive and to challenge everything coming down the line. Yes. Like, and this is not about being right or wrong or about no, fighting no, the no. good. It's just about I'm going to pursue truth with no attachment to wherever it leads me. See, now you've mentioned a third word, and this is what I love, and this is where I've been going with it, is, is that I have this thing about we become very addicted to knowing and knowing and staying safely in the comfort of this is what I know, and this is how we build these little scaffolding of, of a small life upon that, as opposed to journeying into the unknown. And by exploring what could be, what could be, is this, is that, without getting hung up on whether it's right or wrong, I think we actually find our own truths, our own stepping stones of truth for our version of reality in that exploration. And you know when you find it, because it just goes, fuck, yes. And it, you embody it and you feel it and you're like, yeah, wow, I've just found a, a real nugget of truth. And then from there, then you can go out and express and create. And that's probably what you do with your clients. And this is what I think we're all being forced into because you know even some of the people who would never engage with me on some higher bigger expansive woo thinking as they call it um are now starting to go Bryn I really feel like I need to talk to you (laughs) it's like why is that it says I just don't know if I can believe stuff on the tv anymore it's like okay right wow and it's not it's not if I can told you so it's a hold a space of compassion and exploration and go okay so why is that then well, you know, one week they're saying this, one week they're saying that, and it just doesn't sit right. So what does sit right for you? And that's how I'm finding myself being of great service. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you, what you just shared there because what it's doing is it's helping people to explore the truth for themselves because that's, that's the only way that it works. It works one way is it works. You can't, no one else can tell you truth. No. You have to see, you have to look within to discover the truth for yourself. And so that's the process that's going to happen. And then, yeah, there's a convergence towards, well, what is that truth? And the only way that you're going to arrive at, at a place of truth is by willing to explore untruth. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way you get to truth is because you were sitting well, on untruth. you don't untruth. know. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and that's the process. So we need to be well and truly okay with being wrong or being sitting on a misunderstanding um, because that's just part of life. That's, you know, I, I, I'm, in fact, I'm hoping to get proven wrong on most of what I know, because I know on the other side of that is going to be a higher degree of truth, a higher degree of understanding. So, so there's a celebration. Every time my truth comes collapsing down and it turns out to be based upon a lie, there's a celebration inside of me. There there really is. And and I think as, as if, if everyone had that attitude, this, this would be a delicious conversation for everyone to be having rather than, rather than a fight of who's right and who's wrong. It's like either way, whatever we discover, brilliant it's a step in the right direction anyway so yes. we're letting go of this personal is not we're not making it personal we're, we're just simply talking about ideas and we're testing it's yeah a, 
it's, it's comparing one idea with another. It's not comparing two people and who's right and who's wrong. It's just, we're talking about ideas. We're talking, yeah. about, talking about truth. Truth just doesn't. Think of, and just yeah. think of the exponential growth by just adopting that as a operating system for life. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's, magic. It's powerful. And because, and, and it's applied to the self as well as applied to current affairs and applied to politics as, as much as anything. It's because when you can take the same critical thinking to yourself, you, you bypass your own bullshit because you can actually say, hang on, where am I lying to myself? Where have I believe, been believing absolute lies that I bought into maybe decades or more ago? And so it's applying the same principles of exploring truth and critical thinking. It doesn't matter where you apply. You apply it to yourself, to your best friend, to your family, to your job, to your career, to politics, to the coronavirus, everywhere. And it's not about, it's not about fault finding. It's about discovering truth. It's what else? not about what else, what else, what else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's not about blame either. It's about curiosity. It's about taking responsibility for if we're wanting to create change and if we were, we're wanting to be sovereign, the, the only thing that prevents us from expressing our sovereignty is, is fear and misunderstandings. And so, so that, that principle of truth gives us access to sovereignty, to empowerment, to rectifying misunderstandings. It allows us to be our highest expression. It allows us to discover what's life really about. So it's, it's the old truth is the ultimate doorway that just, that this leads to, all the goodness in life. Oh, love it, Chris. Love it. Um, what have you learned about yourself during this recent coronavirus thing that you're happy to share? Oh, gee. Little, little Chris revelation. I, the, the, what I've learned about myself is that there is so much fear that I, that I have that I didn't even realise that I had. Like yeah. a lot of fear about um, not only... I guess the state of the world and where it's going. Um, Cause I kind of got into a bit of a, a safety bubble thinking, Oh yeah, the world's ticking along nicely. I'm kind of taking it for granted. Um, so definitely a deeper awareness of, of the fear that I have around, you know, about what potentially might happen. Um, but at the same time through sitting in that feeling of fear and going deep into that fear and confronting it head on, not trying to run from it, but going, what great, bringing that fear in and saying, what am I afraid of? Uh, it's allowed me to, to actually grow and to deepen my own sense of mastery and my own sovereignty and even share like on, on this interview, like actually talk about, yeah, I'm, I have fear and I'm okay with my fear. Um, talk about, yeah, I don't agree with what's happening. I, I think a lot of the politicians have got it completely wrong. They're pointing in the wrong direction. I, I'm okay with saying this now, uh, whereas previously I would have been afraid of being perceived as being something. And so what I've done is I've actually purged layers of fear through the discovery of the fear. I've purged it and I've moved through it. And I'm now actually more courageous. I'm more confident. Uh, I'm less attached as well. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a soldier for truth, but at the same time, uh, I, I'm okay of losing the truth war if higher truth emerges, right? So, yeah. it's, so I've, I've, I've Cosmic let order comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've discovered a lot of fear. I've definitely discovered, um, oh, it's, 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 I mean, that's, I've just, I touch on fear to begin with because I just wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be a bit vulnerable there in terms of just being real about, like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm like most people, like, I'm, I'm not invincible. I'm not some superhero that doesn't experience, you know, that, that is just in, just 
invincible. No, I go through, you're human like the rest of us. I go through it. I go through it like everyone else. I'm, I'm yeah. just really fortunate with the understanding that I've got is I've got a lot of tools of self-inquiry to be able to unpack what I'm going through, to be able to emerge out the other side of the chaos, probably quicker or probably more graceful than most people. Right. But mm. I still go through it. But, but um, oh, certainly I feel empowered. I feel I've been through this incredible creative period in the last couple of months. Uh, I've now birthed new projects for my business. There's joint venture partnerships. There's collaborations. There's, there's a whole, it feels like a, I've shed my skin. It's like a snake shedding its skin. I feels like I've been through my own a, a mini little mini transformation in this last little couple of months. So, so I've, I've, I've been yeah, it has been a bit of a metamorphosis, metamorphosis. And, um, and yeah. I feel I'm feeling more positive than ever before because I've, I, I've really reminded myself of, of the strength that I've got at my core. Like, cause I've, man, I've been through a lot of, I've been through a lot of chaos in my mind. Like I'm sure a lot of people have. And what I've done is I've allowed myself to sit in that long enough and to digest it, to actually, to, to see it as a strength and as a virtue from that. Not, it's not something that's, that's weakened me. Awesome. Awesome. What just out of curiosity, what are some of those um, tools that you mentioned? Because I always like to, um, towards the end of the interview, I like to ask people, you know, what are some of the things that they do to keep themselves grounded and stuff like that? But what are some of the tools that you uh, reach for, you know, as we go through this fearful and existential challenging times? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'd say probably one of the highest level tools that I've got is I have coaches and mentors that I've worked with personally that help me go through that purging process. I mean, that's, there's nothing I've never just, dis- I haven't discovered anything as powerful as having someone else guide you through that process. As I know yeah. you, when in your work as well, you'll know that when you're guiding other clients through that process, you help them see things that they possibly did blind spots. They would never see it. So that's, that's one thing that is really important to me. Uh, I'm part of lots of online men's groups, uh, like men's circles, like, uh, like yeah. actually sharing circles with um, sharing my own darkness, sharing my own, fears my own like all the all the things i'm looking to improve but in terms of practical things um one thing that i find is really really helpful is what i call stream of consciousness journaling which is is simply a process of allowing your your pen to write onto a page to be a conduit of just literally word for word verbatim transcribing the contents of your consciousness onto a page and doing that for you, setting a time and doing it for 10 minutes at a time and allowing yourself to not filter that, not be shameful of that, not, not hiding from any of it and allowing it to be purged onto the page. And then what you get is you get a total transcription of the contents of your awareness, which is profoundly enlightening because if you can actually look into the contents of your awareness, you'll see incredible, sometimes crazy limiting beliefs or fears or just weird weird and wacky shit that just makes no sense but but if you actually look into it you can actually see oh wow i've got some things i need to confront here i've actually got some things i need to deal with so so that similarly you find some real power and you find some stuff you're like whoa oh totally (laughs) it's it's both sides it's it's yeah yes there's the there's the there's the stuff that's the it's scary but there's also the opportunity 
I mean, in, in all of that, there's opportunity. So, so that's one practice that I do daily now, which is, which is really getting clear on what's going on inside my mind. Um, I have a lot of other practices, uh, self-coaching practices, and I have a lot of, I've got a lot of tools in my personal development and spiritual toolkit that I, that I revert to. But, but I'd say that's probably one of the, the most impactful ones, uh, as well as uh, having a list of questions that I ask myself, like key questions that I ask myself every day, every single day, like, I've got, I've got a list of questions and if for, questions are powerful questions yeah. help us expand the mind. So questions like um, if I was being the highest expression of myself, well, what would I be doing in my life differently? What would I say yeah. no to? What would I, what would I eliminate from my life? Uh, if I was infinitely powerful and I could make any choice in my life, what's the choice that I would make that I've been too afraid to make? So there's a whole series of these choices, which if you can confront yourself, with a question and sit through that and genuinely answer it. What you find is on the other side of that is, is revelation There's insight. So it's, yeah. it's actually designing and architecting questions that bypass the habits of the unconscious mind. Cause your mind would just, it would just cycle around with the same old thoughts every day, unless you interrupt it with new paradigms, new questions and, and new challenging uh, new challenging questioning. So that's another powerful tool that I recommend is designing questions for yourself. Maybe questions you've never asked yourself before. And even asking the question, yeah. what questions can I ask myself um, that are going to be in my highest good? That's a, that's a great way of, of taking that down a yeah. number of rabbit holes. What are the questions that I've never even thought of asking? Or what, what questions could I possibly ask that would create a, an incredible transformation in my experience or would confront me? What questions do I need to be asking that would radically shift my perspectives or my awareness? Superb. Superb. And the last question I ask all my guests on WA Real is if you could take a little nugget of, of, of Chris's knowledge and upload it into the collective consciousness so everyone just got it, what would that be right now? It would be that every single human has the capacity to live their life pursuing their life's greatest work work meaning uh, it could be uh, it could be a business it could be a career it will be some meaningful lifelong project everyone has the capacity to actually be the highest expression of that and the only thing that's preventing someone from really connecting to and expressing their life's work is the beliefs that they can't do it the beliefs that they're not worthy of it and the, the lies and the limitations and the misunderstandings that have been conditioned into the mind. That's the only thing that's stopping every human from being that highest expression of themselves. So that's what I've discovered to be true. And um, as soon as people get a glimpse that that's also true, their life will transform quicker than they would ever have conceived of. Outstanding. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. If people want to come and find you, where do they find you? Yeah, they can check me out on chrisjacksoncoaching.com. Uh, alternatively, they can, uh, they can send me a message on Facebook. They can probably look me up on, uh, on Facebook. That's another way. But yeah, uh, my website's probably the best way. Uh, so anyone that's interested in connecting, please reach out. Uh, love, to, love to connect with anyone that, that vibes on this conversation or anyone that you know, is obviously looking for potential coaching or looking for guidance in, in that sort of area as well. Superb. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. Thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure.